I'm hacking my life now. This whole thing I'm doing, Dan, is to hack hack it so that I can have more space to write and so I can have a job that gives me money to pay for this little apartment and everything like that. That's what I care about. And I know that sounds so weird to other people, but that's what I'm that's what I'm doing. How in the world do you find time to write when you have responsibilities, a career, a family, and a killer schedule getting in the way? Is it possible to write when you don't have time to write? Should you quit your job, change careers, give up all other hobbies? On this episode of Hacking It, Rob and I discuss hacking an impossible schedule so that you don't have to choose between your life and your dream. This is Hacking It with Dan Allen and Robert Cavalier. It's good to be back with you. and This is Hacking It with Dan Allen and Robert Cavalier. How are you balancing and developing since you talked to me last time about uh, your writing and the, how limited your time is? How is that going? And what's that struggle like? Yeah, it's certainly a struggle. And it's the reason that kind of almost broke me as a writer is that I never had enough time to write. You know, so as ambitious as I was, as excited as I w- would get about a project, Never had enough time to see it through to the end. But there were other things that got in the way, even those periods of time what where the, I was. What are those things? Let's talk about an example. <laughs> well, this week, what came at you that got you out of your groove? Or how did you overcome it? Typical week, it's I've got a demanding job that's demanding in terms of my intellect and emotions equally. So then, then I get home and then I can't just tune off my family. I've got... I've got five kids and all, but two kids at home. And then I've got three kids that, you know, we'll call every day as, as well. And then I've got my amazing, beautiful wife. So I need a time where I do not compromise anything. And that the only time, so you have to decide what that time is, what that That's looks what like, mean. where can you steal time? And it's getting up early enough so that I can devote 40 minutes of writing in the day. So I get up, I let out the dogs, I, I start to start the coffee maker, stick in my breakfast, sit down, have my daily devotions and prayer. And then I've got about 40 minutes before I have to get ready for work. And those 40 minutes, just it, the first time I started doing this, started turning it into a habit. It was like, it was really hard to get words onto a page because it just felt like so much pressure. But I've gotten into a habit that I'm a lot more productive so I can put on page. My goal is at least about 400 words in 40 minutes. I would love, sometimes I can get out 600 or more words, but um, that's my goal. If I can do that seven days a week, if I can put down 400 words a day, seven days a week, I'm going to finish my projects. Now it might take a few months, might take a year, but it will be done. So it's not about, and that's not, this is where it's not about me as a writer. It's about me as a human being. I have to be disciplined enough to allow my writing life to flourish. Thank you. That's what I was getting at. What changes you've had to make and how one can just look at one's calendar and try to develop a, or even just a week and try to figure out what is going to be a typical thing. Because it can't be after I watched a movie about a writer 
And then now I feel really pumped and it's really inspirational. And I'm gonna, you know what I'm talking about. And now I'm gonna be a writer for a half a half a day, you know. I have a, a weird uh, thing. I'm gonna come out with it, but at the end of the day, I look at myself in the mirror, and I, if I didn't write, I say, "Today you were a writer. You could call yourself a writer today, more or less." You know, because writing is a is a verb. If you're not doing it, then you're not really a write a writer. Of course, I'm not being extreme. It just applies to myself. I'm not saying if you haven't written a novel in two years, but you wrote a really great one, you're not a writer anymore. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that for me, it just feels like a good pat in the back at the end of the day. I had a 12 hour, uh, 12 to 14 hour Monday through Friday job, which uh, I had to get up really early and go to Boulder, Boulder, Colorado. So what I would do is I would go really early to work. And before I started, I would write, I would come back around six. This is after getting up around quarter to six or something. And so that's a 12, 14 hour day, get up six, eat fast, 30 minutes, don't have as many things or didn't have as many things uh, as you do, but I have a lot and a very, very stressful, incredibly stressful taxing job. And then you don't feel like, like doing it, but I always did because through the day there's, you know, a hundred humiliations, depending on what the job is and having a, a pretty predictable uh, week is a very, very good thing if you can do it. That's oh. the thing. That's the goal. And, and my next point with that is here's how I work it in, because it's not like I came back and at six and I ate quickly. And then like all the things that went through, the things that didn't work or the things that happened, uh, just they're off. I literally just changed my clothes to my inside clothes, washed all that stuff out from my mind and get into this desk that I'm facing with these books behind me, more or less in this lovely corner that I love to write in. Uh, with if I look outside this window, there might even be a peek at the, the Rocky Mountains. That's a beautiful way to write. And it's silent. And I would do that for two and a half hours, typically. So from six-ish to around mm. eight-ish. And wow. then, so t writing in two-hour spurts, if you can find them, or an hour and a half is, is good. And by the way, I didn't get there and just start hammering away. Sometimes, a lot of times, yes. But sometimes it would be like 10, 15 minutes of looking and thinking, seeing what my notes were for, for the day before, finish writing, once I did my, I made a goal of about 500. I'm happy with 300, 500, 600, somewhere around there, uh, word count. You know, I don't really stick to it as much, but one of the things I've told you, that's where I was. And that's Monday through Friday. And sometimes more really to be, to be pretty honest with you. Uh, and sometimes less. And then the next thing I, I, I would do would be, um, up around nine ish or 10 ish. I would record what I wrote for that day. I would record it as a memo voice, something like that, voice memo. And then I, in the morning when I did my walk to work or during the lunch break at work or both times, I would listen to what I had written. And doing that kept me in the yeah. game. It kept me in the writing. So this is not stealing time at all because it's before <laughs> work and it's my lunchtime or something. Anyone can take a 15-minute break. So usually the recording, unless I wrote a lot, wouldn't be more than 20-something minutes. Most often it would be around there. And it would yeah. really keep me in there because it's like this person's like, it's like you have an audible. And then for some reason, listening to the story gives you insights about things that you didn't know. Things like the rhythm of it. And mostly for me, it was really positive. It keeps you pumped, you know, and then you come in the evening and now, you know, you've got all this. You, you didn't really take a break from it. You've been with it the whole time. It's a fundamental thing that I would say to anybody starting out, work it into your life. If that means you do it three days a week instead of make those three days a week the ones you do it, that way the ones you always do it. But I'm more hardcore than you and more hard nosed and I have a few things 
less depending on me or asking about me, but it has cost me relationships. It has cost me opportunities to deepen other relationships or go and do things. I'm very hard nosed about it. I, I won't allow interruptions to, to the writing. It's what drives me. That time that you write, you need a, you need quiet. You need to be able to hear the hum of creation so that you can get in tune with the most vulnerable parts of your story that you don't have any other exterior or internal noise. And that is for me that the only time that that's even possible is before everybody else is up. And so that's why it works so well for me. And that does mean I have to be disciplined in getting up early. But the other thing that you said that really helped me make that time worthwhile and productive was you were telling me how I need to live with the story, how you go about your day as a writer, thinking about it, planning it, uh, reflecting upon what, what I wrote earlier, imagining what I'm going to write next, trying to see the scene on paper. Yeah. Like that was, that was huge for me. Um, Just your advice about, thinking about the story all day long because what's happening is writing only part of it is actually typing and putting the words on the paper it's all the stuff that leads up to to your fingers getting onto your keyboard that is so critical with writing and so i think that was that was very helpful so anybody out there who doesn't have the time who does not have two hours a day to write if you only have 30 40 minutes an hour think about your story live as a writer throughout your day. And when you have those moments in the car, in the shower or whatever, where you can think about your story, write, write in your head. Most people do have the time. Most people have a lot of time. They waste a lot of time. Most people have time enough to learn another language, to play a, uh, to play a, an instrument. You can do it, but most people waste a lot of time. And one of the things that I did that was a little bit hard, and that's why I like my little writer studio here, is because... <laughs> Um, I can have the TV over there if I just for some reason can't get out of for some reason I have this thing that I wanted and I'd have it on like the grit TV like a western only thing that I kind of am going to watch out of the corner of my eye or is in the background uh, or I have like I actually this is a funny thing to talk about I actually have soundtracks that, or playlists for certain um, novels that I'm writing you know get you mm. in that mode, and I'm writing with this music so it's, it's playtime you know it's not chore time chore time was the thing you did to feed yourself and that's why i'm talking about it because for instance this week was a tough one for reasons i won't get into but just stressors at what i'm doing i'm a i'm a graduate student right now getting into uh, pedagogy getting into education uh, learning how to design curricula all of these things and doing some research as well and being active now hands-on with it um so whatever it is you know uh, most people do have the time they have it they just they don't, you know, they, they got it. Something's got to give. You can't be perfect at life. You can't be Dan. Dan's perfect. But you, most people, and I'm poking fun at you, um, most people are, are going to have the time, especially if you're a 20-something or a 30-something and you don't have kids and you're spending all your time daydreaming about your writing, but you don't do it. You don't do it because you don't sit. You don't get on the saddle. Get on the saddle and do these things and work them in, in your life like a professional. Like someone that's, and if it's anxiety that's it's getting you, that anxiety is going to go away once you start writing and start doing some of these things. I think we're talking very generally, and um, but it's I think it's good. Uh, yeah. 
the thing I wanted to, to, to tell you, one of the things that you got to hack, this is one of the things in your life, the first hack you got to do is this, what we're talking about it, how to make sure it happens in your life and it happens every day. Because there are a yeah. lot of professionals out there. They're professional football wow. players. They're professional musicians. They're professional yeah. everybody. They don't get mm -hmm. to be professional by having it become a hobby. You want to be a hobbyist? Be a hobbyist. <laughs> or you want to be yeah. a writer? You know, talk to Steinbeck if you want to be a writer. He'll tell you how to be a writer. Steinbeck talks about, you know what? I found it in some, it's a book called The Writing Days. I found it really hard, guys, to be a writer and work an eight-hour shift doing construction. So he gave that up. He learned that. He logged that in. That's not going to make me. It's very physically taxing. He also didn't want something that was intellectually taxing. Some of us are stuck. We got to do these white-collar jobs, thinking jobs, you know. Let me let me interrupt you right yeah. there just so I make one point is that if you have an intellectually demanding job, um, yes. don't use that as an excuse not to write. Because what I've discovered in the past two, three months is that I have never taken my writing more seriously and not just writing, but all my creative outputs and all my creative yes. hobbies. And I found Great that point. it helps regulate my stress better. Uh, even if I might lose a little bit more sleep because I'm getting up a little bit earlier, the stuff, the the grind of my day-to-day -day job and just so people know, I've got a stressful job as a, as a, I'm a principal that I can hand, that stuff kind of goes off my back because I, I spend so much time writing and thinking about writing and, and, and adhering to that identity as a writer. One of the things that I wanted to point out that you that you had commented, and I think it's a great point, is that you started becoming aware of your process by getting into journaling a little bit, getting into logging those ideas. And I've seen that, you, thankfully, you shared with them with, with me. I've been begging you for a long time because I wanted to know what it looked like to what kind of thinking you're doing, not just about your writing, so that you're not writing uh, a bunch of stuff that is just all over the place. When I write a, a novel, uh, the, the novel may be, I don't know, let's say 125,000 words, for example, which I think Sage is, and the, the I call it a, uh, it's not really an outline per se, but it's part of the function of it. It starts out like that, but it's also a logging of the work, just the way directors do when they log. That's how I got the idea, when they log uh, a project that they're doing, and they have to do that because they have to allocate a lot of it's a great metaphor, by the way. I want to really bring this out. Use something, an, um, an analogy of another job, if you're a writer or even if whatever kind of artist you are. Use something, somebody else's process and see if it can help you. And one of the ones that resonated with me was the director's one. I had this one guy at one job a long time ago in 2002. And this guy, he was his name is Lance. Shout out, Lance. And he wanted to be a director. He wanted to be in filmmaking. And we're doing this government job, this boring, tough government job. And he brought this book. He's like, hey, look, this is uh, how, and it was a great book. It really, I wish I would have remembered the name and all that stuff because I would love it. But I, I have it in here. And what it revealed to me is that, oh, so that's how directors organize their time? Yeah, because they have to answer to who? Producers, to yep. editors, to writers, to actors, to the schedule. The schedule the is schedule. all important. The yep. schedule is killer. So the schedule has to be, and so they need to know, I'm going to shoot the scene now because uh, this is the best situation. They're always thinking schedule, yep, yep. work, creative, and it's a great, great way. To, it's, it seems very stressful, but it's actually so freeing because then you're not wandering and bobbling and, and that stereotype of the writer as, this is one stereotype I yeah. would love to smash. And this is the writer 
that writes a novel, a genius novel, in one weekend somehow, a par or a week, never stops, and he dies at the end because, of course, he has to have a stroke or something. Um, that's not how you want to be writing because then you won't be able to reproduce what you got right. Tell me what you th were thinking about. I, I love it. Like tip of the week in a way. No, I love that um, because that reminds me of how in one of our conversations recently, I was talking to you how it's helped me to view my boss myself around as a writer it's almost like i'm half i'm subcontracting myself you need to write this book and to write this book you need to you need to produce this many words a day and i'm not going to put up with less than that so you got to do it because it's it's, yeah. it's similar because as, as a yeah as a director it's a director is really a subcontracted by the producer yeah. it's really the producer's yeah. image and the producer the director has to do a lot of the organization as well, but the producer has to make sure all the pieces are in place and they've hired the right people yeah. and uh, that they stick to that schedule. So you really, I think you as a writer, as a human being, you are the producer of your work yeah. and you have to Filmmaker. allocate your time. You've got to get the right, the right idea, the right script, the right, the right director. And the director could be just, you know, your, your approach to that particular novel and that particular aesthetic that you're shooting for so i, yeah. I love that that's a great it's, it's is, is it for me and i think for you it may not work for others for others it may be how photographers do something how actors do their method their process like the really good master actors look at those i'm telling you and anybody else who might be listening in look at those things because they have great insights of how they develop their craft how they develop their character it's a lot like writing hello we can listen to other people I hate it when I hear uh, a certain kind of writer or a certain kind of artist, which are very few. I think it might be more writers that, that think that they can live isolated. And you have to allow other creative people in your life in some way. It may not be, hopefully you're, you're developing, and I want to talk about that the next time, developing as a topic, developing relationships like we're doing and fostering that are positive and that spur action and forward movement. And that may be a tough one, but you can find it. In fact, I, I just yesterday I went and I'll, I'll bring some of that content later to this pirate fest that we're doing here in, in Northland where I live. And um, and you find a lot of little writers. I didn't find today. I probably will. But I found only one writer uh, and uh, who was writing about his like sort of historian kind of style. And they have their little tents and they're self-publishing. I asked, I, hey, look, I just started a podcast and I'm interested in I'm a creative person myself. I'm interested in your process and how you came and. You know what brought you here? I, what's, what what was successful? Would be would you be interested in talking to me? And so I'm going to fish out more of these opportunities because, and they guess what? If you ask mm -hmm. someone, this is something that somebody told me. I think it was a professor or somebody's like, oh, I think it might have been Mr. Larson. Yeah, I think it was uh, our English uh, teacher. If you ever ask someone about what they love, they're going to tell you. You know, so <laughs> don't be sure. shy. I remember that. Did he tell? Yeah. yeah, don't be shy about asking someone. Listen, if people love to talk about themselves, that's what he said. Uh, well, the, I heard it a different way, and I'm 100 sure. You might it might have been the same same thing. No, it might have been the second half of that. But I love to listen to those people because they are sharing, just like we're doing. They're sharing what's under the hood, um, and they're sharing that, and that that is going to help you as as a creative person. Um, in wrapping things up, I want to I want to be kind of intentional about next week. And yep. what we're going to be talking because we're going to be talking about what we what challenges that we've been facing, what challenges we've been facing in the nitty gritty of it. Leave us with some Go thoughts ahead. about how are we going to face this week. What does it look we, like? 
Okay, this week we're going to stick to our routine, our discipline. We are going to come together in terms of what this co-authored book is going to look like, kind of map it out, maybe give an excerpt out of it, and um, that's what I'd like to do. We're going to hack it until we make it. Absolutely. All right, Till next time. All right. See you.